Hi, everybody. Welcome back. This is the You Made New Podcast. I'm JC. We are in season five, episode three. And you know, this one to me is kind of a kickoff. It's the kickoff of the actual quest. Like, we really spent the first two episodes um, kind of laying out the vision, right? Of not just spiritual health, but what it means to have Christ make us alive, to have his life in us, and to be brought back from spiritual death. So we've, we've done kind of all the painting of the vision of where our quest is headed. But I feel like today is the kickoff of actually beginning to walk that out to take the steps that will get us there. Not just talk about nice ideas, but begin to really move toward experiencing it for ourselves. So what I I need to just kind of throw a little caution in there, maybe that's the wrong word to use. It's not a caution. It's not that big of a deal. (laughs) I'm just hoping and praying that you're open to some really honest self-evaluation in the next several episodes. I mean, this is not the time for like to stay in denial or rationalize or, you know, stay, put up more walls. This is the time we're going to look at some kind of challenging stuff in our hearts, in our minds. I'm hoping again, you're used to that. My podcast has done that a little bit, the other episodes, but we are going to dive deep. This is a big thing we're shooting for that we're asking the Lord for to fill us with his life to bring our hearts back to life from the emptiness of spiritual death. So this isn't going to be just a nice little path. This is a bit of a journey and it's, it's going to be challenging at times, but here's my, my question and and my hope (laughs) is that even if we talk about some things that make you squirm a little, or you're like, I I don't know if I'm going to go there, just be prayerful, give it time. Think about it. Ponder as we talk about some of these things And just see where the Lord takes you as a result of what we're talking about. Give time to him to let him help you develop the the ideas and make them personal. So that this journey isn't about JC just telling her experiences, but it makes it your own. um, So that you can personalize it as we go through. Okay, what we're going to do as we kick this off is we are going to continue with the story of Adam and Eve. We started with them in the garden, God's command not to eat the fruit, and his promise that in the day thou eatest thereof, thou wilt surely die. So we're going to not just stop with that detail. We're going to continue walking with them because this isn't just some story in the scriptures that God gave us to tell us about two people that lived many thousand years ago, and here's what they did, and it's a history lesson. No, this story is meant to be symbolic of us of our lives. We are Adam and Eve. Just like Adam and Eve, we too have eaten some sort of forbidden fruit. We too have fallen into spiritual death. The story is given as a way for us to see our own lives as well. I I know when I start talking about forbidden fruit, I think some of us, you know, maybe we've never committed the really big sins. Maybe we've kept our life clean enough that we're like, you know, I don't know if I've ever eaten forbidden fruit. I haven't done this. I haven't done this. (laughs) But haven't we all experienced moments of pride, selfishness, or forgetting God, or covetousness, or anger? There has been forbidden fruit, big or small. 
We've each partaken just like they have, and we've each fallen just like they have. And the story was given to teach us how to find our way back to the tree of life, back to the presence of God after having been cast out. So we've got to see these details as not just, oh yeah, that's a little verse, whatever. No, it's going to tell us so much about our lives, about our response to our own fall. It's kind of like if I sit down, I was thinking when I sit down with people to coach um, about their physical health, and I'm going to ask kind of where they've been, what their diet's been like, what their habits have been like, and we'll talk a little bit about where they've been so that then we can lay out a vision for where we need to go. And that's kind of what we're going to do in the next several episodes. We have to look at where we've been as a result of the fall, our response to living in spiritual death, what we've done, and their story outlines it so perfectly. You won't even believe how cool this can get as we make it symbolic and make it about us. So without belaboring that too much more, let's dive in. We're going to start right in Genesis 3-7 because this is the moment after they eat the forbidden fruit. We need to know exactly what happens next. And the very first detail we're given right after their bite Genesis 3, verse 7, the eyes of them both were opened and they knew that they were naked. Now, we know, we know from chapter 2, they were naked from the beginning. That's how they were created. It says, and they were not ashamed. They were fine with it. It wasn't a big deal. The minute they eat the fruit, the minute they partake of the fall of spiritual death, something changes and they're suddenly very aware of their nakedness and they are not happy about it at all, not comfortable with it in the least. This is a huge change from where they've been walking in the garden with God at one with him. And all of a sudden, boom, they know they're naked And they're not happy. So let's talk a bit about the symbolism and what this can mean for us. Because if we look at this literally, we're like, okay, Jay-Z, I'm not walking around naked. I don't know how this detail would ever apply to my life. But think for a minute, like we do know what nakedness feels like, right? Like, have you ever had a dream where you were naked in your dream and you were just panic stricken and running around in your dream trying to find something to cover because people were laughing or you felt so exposed, just so exposed. Like we get that feeling very well. We, we may not walk around naked like they did, but what if that was all symbolic anyway? We know what it's like to feel exposed where there's nothing hidden, nothing covered, where it's all out in the open. It really can make us squirm, but Here's what I want to suggest one way symbolically we can look at our nakedness and how we are like them naked. I would say it's a perfect way to describe our relationship with God. Because think about it for a minute. Not only can he see everything we do in our outward life, he knows every little sin. He knows every time you yell at your kids, he can see it all. Yelling in traffic at the other driver. He, Whatever little thing you do, he, he sees it all. But he also can see all of our heart and our mind as well, our thoughts, our feelings. It's all fully exposed to his view. The scriptures tell us that he knows the thoughts and intents of the heart. Every choice, every every yearning, every dream, every longing, every sinful temptation that comes into our mind, he sees it all. We really are literally 
naked before God, aren't we? I mean, even if we feel like we're hiding something from him, no. Pretty much no. And and look how in the story, when they're one with God in the beginning of the story, they're fine with that openness. They're fine with the him seeing. They're fine with that that um, free exchange that he sees everything in their lives and, and knows it all. But the minute that the forbidden fruit comes into the picture, boom, suddenly they're not quite sure they like this, this nakedness anymore. And what do they do? I'm sorry, excuse me. What do they do? Very same verse back in Genesis 3, 7, before the verse is even done, their eyes are open, they know they're naked, and they sewed fig leaves together and made themselves aprons. It's just like in our dream, right? You are scrambling to find a way to cover yourself. <laughs> anything will do. Anything. A blanket, some rags, you, anything will, will work to just cover up that feeling of being exposed. And it looks exactly the same for them. They're just grabbing for the closest thing they can find. And it was a bunch of fig leaves. Patched them together and covered themselves so they could breathe. So they could like, okay, okay. Now I feel comfortable. We've got these aprons on. We can handle this. We want to be covered. So how do we do this? And and go with me on this for a minute. I promise you, this is so good to look into a little self-evaluation. As I fell as a result of my sin, how I tried to cover myself. I found a wonderful, wonderful quote from the book Veneer. It's, it's um, the title's Veneer, Living Deeply in a Surface Society by Jason Loki and Timothy Willard. Listen to this. This nails it for me. They say this. Embarrassed by the scars of our humanity, we try to hide our brokenness. We use a veneer to cover over ourselves, hoping others will perceive us as having greater worth, as being more beautiful and perfect than we feel inside. Most of the, most of the time, <clears throat> we aren't aware that we're doing it. Our culture is so glossed over with the sheen of fake perfection that we unknowingly comply. Some of us will go to any lengths to hide ourselves and create a false identity. Man, embarrassed by the scars of humanity, we hide our brokenness. We cover ourselves with a veneer, hoping others won't see. And we create, they say, a false identity, a false self. Now, first, I know some of us may think that sounds weird. Like, you know what? I don't do that. I'm me and I'm uh, my personality is out there for everyone to see. But again, like I said, self-evaluation, maybe a little prayer thinking about it. Let me give you some examples of our fig leaves. I've been pondering this for years. I mean, the first thing I started to do was pray and say, okay, Lord, if, if Adam and Eve are me, then I am trying to cover my nakedness as well. What are my fig leaves? Have I made aprons just like them? And what is it made out of? And I really started to pray about that. And boy, did he give me some answers. For instance, my biggest one, probably my biggest false identity, false self that made me feel comfortable. Biggest way to clothe myself and my nakedness was people pleasing. And I've done a three part series on that back in, in season two. I've talked a lot about that, but for me, 
It was my way. Just be the nice one, the agreeable one, the one that was always saying yes, always, never getting angry, never having an opinion. Oh, sure. Yes. I'd love to help you. I'd love to do that. That was me because it would win me deep in my subconscious. It's going to win me others approval. It's going to lessen my shame. These fig leaves felt so good to my heart. That was my false self. And, and I say false because I really did have to repress my true feelings at times in order to people please. Like there were times I felt the opposite and I would stick on a smile and stuff down my feelings and say, oh, absolutely. Yes. It was a false self. It's one I'm still struggling to break out of. I'm, I'm better. But it was so thick. This apron was tied on me so tightly that untangling those fig leaves has been a journey. <laughs> but I could finally, for the first time as I began to look at it through this lens, I could see how this was a false attempt to cover my brokenness so others wouldn't see. If I was the one that was always pleasing others, they would all love me. They would. I wouldn't have to worry about rejection or, you know, we, we just have reasons for the fig leaves that we choose. Um, let me give you a few more examples. I think living um, as a perfectionist could fit. If I can just be perfect, if I can just get perfect grades or be, you know, a perfect mom or a perfect wife or have a perfect house and perfectly clean or however that manifests, then I can breathe. It can cover my brokenness. I'll feel like I have control again. Doesn't that apron make you feel a little bit more control over my nakedness? The, the broken places are covered. If I can just, if I could just get it perfect enough, it's a response to the fall, to an, a, a, an awareness of our nakedness, how we do not like God seeing the brokenness now, the spiritual death, the sin, the shame. So we have these outer false selves that we create depending on our own personality and our experiences that make, excuse me, make us feel more comfortable, settle us down, make me feel like others will perceive us as being more beautiful and perfect than we feel inside, right? That's what they said in the quote. Um, financial success. If I can have the nicest house on the block or the, drive the nicest cars, people will see my worth. People, it will make, cover my nakedness. It will make me feel if I can live in a beautiful home and wear beautiful clothes and have that financial success, others will think I'm successful and they won't see my brokenness. Um, what about busyness? Like those people that are just always going 24-7, like Mach 10, busy, but look at all these important things I have to do. I am so busy. Could it be that it gives me a sense of value? It makes me cover the things that I don't want others to see. Look how productive I am. Look how busy I am. Now, again, I'm not saying you can't ever have money. I'm not saying you can't ever be busy. What is the motivation for living these ways? Has it become a fig leaf apron to you? Has it become a false identity that gives you a sense of comfort to live in that world and, and feel like the perception of others and even your perception, perception of yourself will be better when you are in that place, when you're covered with those leaves. You feel more comfortable, more covered. Like you don't have to face the stark nakedness of your fallenness and your sin and your shame of that. Um, what about physical appearance? Oh man, that's a big fig leaf apron in our world. 
It's the image I project either on social media or every time I leave the house, I have to look perfect. I have to have, wear the right clothes. I have to have on, on Instagram, my, my photos filtered and photoshopped and, and perfection. I want to be the one that's seen as beautiful physically. Those are my fig leaves. Um, there's another one I thought of. This might be a little dangerous to mention, but I'm sorry. I see it all the time. And I've gotten caught up in it. Um, I think we can have the fig leaves of being the church superhero, being the religious, you know, rock star in the ward, um, in the congregation where we're like, <laughs> I'm the one that's always there and always serving. I'm the leader. I'm the knowledgeable one. I'm the righteous one. I, I serve and serve and serve not to serve God, but to build up an identity and gain others approval, right? I can use church as fig leaves because it, 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 look at all my good works that can cover my nakedness, not Christ, not his atonement, not his ability to save me. I'm saving myself because look at all my good works. Look how hard I work in the church. Look at all I do. Look at my checklist. I mean, this is the Pharisees full on. So they can gain the approval of those around them. Everyone looked up to them. Everyone respected them. What if I just, my fig leaves is I'm, I've become a modern day Pharisee. Now, like they said in the quote from that book earlier, most of the time we don't realize that we do this. It's our subconscious. I'm not walking around going, I'm trying to be the church superhero or I'm doing, I'm a people pleaser because it, da, 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 da. no, this is all subconscious. Our subconscious self somehow feeling the exposure of our nakedness and wanting to find a way to cover that up, finding a false self that can make us feel like we can breathe again, like Adam and Eve. You get those leaves sewn around you and you can, you can kind of calm down a bit. Think, oh, it's not so bad. I'm okay. And we become deceived by the fig leaves and into not even really remembering that we're fallen or broken or sinful. No, no, I've, you know, look at all I'm focusing on. I, I'm okay. People love me. I have their approval or, or I have this success and it covers what is, was revealed through the fall and what God can still see, right? Okay. Did I kind of rock your world a little bit with that? I've been, I've had years to chew on this. Like I said, I've been praying about it for a very long time because again, I, if I'm manifesting these same things that Adam and Eve did that are keeping me from true life in Christ, if my fig leaves are getting in the way and, and I'm going to submit that they are, that that's a, just a false self. It's never going to do it. It's never going to fix it. If we're looking for actual redemption through Christ, for a spiritual revolution, not just health, but a revolution where we are transformed through him. We've got to see the old behaviors and patterns that have to be broken. And I'm going to submit that this is one of them. So our time is, is gone so fast. Oh my gosh. We, you can tell we're not done talking about fig leaves. We're going to keep going um, in our next episode. But this is what I want you to do. Just think about it. Ponder it. Pray about it. Ask him, what are my fig leaves? They're subconscious. I'm telling you, so many of the ones he's revealed to me. And, I, and guys, people pleasing is not my only one. 
he has revealed layers. It's like onion layers of ways that I've covered myself in an attempt to cover the effects of the fall and, and my own personal feelings of, of brokenness, like the quote says. I have layers of fig leaves. <laughs> what are yours? And, and be super careful not to be like, you know, I don't think I'd do any of that. <laughs> Just get down on your knees once and ask if you do. I promise. <laughs> he'll, he'll have something to say. We, this is, again, Adam and Eve's story is all of us. We all have ways that we try to cope with the difficult experience of being fallen. And this is one of them. So spend some time this week thinking about it, chewing on it, pondering about it, journaling it. What are my fig leaves? How have I made an apron metaphorically, subconsciously? However I do it, show me. Ask him to show you. Think about it. And then as we come back in our next episode, we're going to go a lot deeper and look at other ways beyond the ones we just talked about that we too can cover ourselves like Adam and Eve. Um, Hope that's enough to chew on for a few days and I'll see you in the next episode.